The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Too often we rely solely or primarily on conventional medicine to treat symptoms and disease. But these can mask the problems, so we never get to the root cause of the disease. There are better choices. Welcome to Generation Regeneration with your host, Sandra Guy Malhotra. Conventional medicine does play an important role in effective treatment, but even more important are the daily lifestyle, food, and spiritual choices we make. Now, here is Sandra Guy Malhotra. Welcome everyone to 2016 and Generation Regeneration Holistic Radio. I'm Sandra Malhotra, your host. Thank you for joining me, whether it's live or on demand. We love all of our listeners and everyone who embraces the fact that although you may have been born a boomer or Gen X or Gen Y, you realize that you can choose to be a member of Generation Regeneration by the daily choices that you make. And just as a quick reminder, we changed up the schedule a bit for this year. The first show of each month will be dedicated to the Abundance Cubed Adventure in Expansion for Wellness Entrepreneurs. Our first show in that program aired two weeks ago. So if you're a wellness entrepreneur who wants to expand your business, then be sure to check out the podcast for the January 5th show and follow our Abundance Cubed page on Facebook. Coach Noam Kostuki and I had a great time discussing what's in store for our group coaching program for 2016. And the second show of each month will be focused on holistic healing modalities, where we discuss how to achieve sustained health and wellness by balancing the mind, body, and spirit. And the third show of each month, like today, will be dedicated to the food and food movement topics. And the fourth and fifth Tuesdays of the month will be Anything Goes. So get ready. So we have awesome stuff queued up for 2016, and I hope you'll join us for all of it. Now let's shift gears and get back to the topic for today's show. Our guest is Diane Hatz. Diane is a creative marketing expert and events innovator who raises public awareness about problems and solutions with food and farming while activating individuals to create change. She is currently founder and executive director of Change Food, which you could learn about at changefood.org, where she uses her expertise to develop creative projects, raise awareness, and motivate people to take actions to change the food system. She is currently organizing the Change Food Fest, a three-day event on food and farming to be held in New York City in November of 2016, this year. Diane was also founder and organizer of the TEDx Manhattan Changing the Way We Eat event from 2010 to 2015, which we discussed in detail last year at around this time. Diane also worked at the Grace Communications Foundation for 12 years, where she founded and directed the hugely successful consumer education program, Sustainable Table, was executive producer of the Meat Tricks movies, critically acclaimed award-winning animated films on factory farming, and was founder of the online sustainable food directory, The Eat Well Guide. That's a lot of great stuff. Welcome to the show, Diane. It's so great to have you here again. Thank you, Sandra. Great to be here again also. 
So let's jump in and talk about our food system, a topic near and dear to your heart as Change Food is leading the charge to fix it. Can you explain how you see that the food system is broken? How is it not serving us? There are so many ways it's broken. Um, I'll just give you a few examples. So, so many people in this country and the world are hungry, and we can produce enough food here to feed the entire world, get people hungry. So there's something wrong there. Food should be a human right, like air and water. So... The, the fact that people are, are can't put food on the table is, is a problem that has to be solved. Um, obesity, it's a national epidemic now, and that's fueled by food that's overprocessed and full of processed sugar and lacking in nutrients. Large agribusiness companies raise animals on factory farms where animals are treated inhumanely, the environment's polluted, Antibiotics are used to make animals grow faster. And the antibiotics issue is leading to a massive problem with the antibiotic resistance. And one last example is most people, I don't think, realize that most farmers have to get a job off the farm. They can't even make enough money farming to feed their family. So there's a huge problem today with the food system. Wow, those are huge problems. Especially in this country, we run the spectrum of food insecurity for people to an epidemic of obesity. So that that just sort of goes to show the depth of the problem that there's just not enough real food out there to serve us, but we have the ability to produce it. So yes, something is badly broken. Now you had, like we mentioned in the intro, the TEDx Manhattan event for five years, which brought together so many change makers and activists in the food movement. Uh, and you're moving on now to the Change Food Fest, which we're going to talk in detail about. But what are your fondest memories of the TEDx Manhattan event over the years? What are your proudest accomplishments from that work? So my proudest accomplishment is probably watching nearly 100 speakers over five years, work for months on their talk, be extremely nervous, and really dedicate themselves to providing information to people so that people could understand it. And these people would would work so hard and get on stage and hit it out of the park. So in a way, I felt like a proud parent. Yeah. You know, to watch watch everyone, everyone did a phenomenal job every year consistently because they all put the time and effort into it. And that just shows how there are so many people working in the food space who really do care about helping other people. As the fondest memories, there are tons of them. I mean, really, my fondest is the day after the event because I would finally get some sleep. (laughs) But what I've liked liked most about the event, it's not so much a memory. It's that so many of the speakers over the years are now friends and the people I still stay in touch with. So at TEDx Manhattan and now at the Change Food Fest, everyone who becomes part of the event becomes part of the Change Food community. And I work to collaborate and to network people and to just help people build a bigger platform for what they're doing. Yes, I know that as being part of this radio show, I have the privilege of interacting with so many people who are out there making a difference. And so I'm sure you feel the same thing uh, with, just like you said, everyone that you've interacted with at TEDx Manhattan, amazing people who are doing amazing things to tackle big problems. And that just, it just makes you feel happy 
uh, being yeah. around people like that because they are big problems and it can seem overwhelming. But when you have a team and a group, that really helps. So exactly. why, did, why did you decide to go ahead and, and move on from TEDx Manhattan and, and, and into the Change Food Fest format? Well, there are a couple reasons. Um, probably the biggest reason is you're not allowed to do issue-specific events for a TEDx. Now, Ted was really kind to me. I had gotten the license for my event before they passed that rule, but technically I was not supposed to even put on one event. So they let me have five. Oh, and okay. Manhattan just, yeah, and, and Tennis Manhattan got so successful, even though Ted says that, you know, they, they let all the organizers put on their own events. There's a lot of guidelines, and all, there's a structure we have to follow. And, and Tennis Manhattan sort of was growing out of the structure because it had just become so successful and impactful. So yes. it was a mutual agreement between Ted and I that I put on the Change Food Fest, that I not do the TEDx event anymore. But I, wanna, I want people to understand that like, I'm still part of the TED community. Um, I'm going to the TED conference in a couple weeks, which I'm very excited about. I'm still in touch with a lot of organizers. So I'm still able to utilize the TED network but the Change Food Fest is not affiliated with TED. I'm doing something much bigger. Mm. So it sounds like the event just grew out of that format and is now going to yes. burst into the Change Food Fest, which sounds like it's going to be amazing. So how do our listeners learn about what's going on with Change Food Fest and what's the timing for it? When will tickets go on sale? What are all the particulars there? So the best way to stay in touch is to sign up for our newsletter. And if you just go to the Change Food website, which you had mentioned earlier, is changefood.org. You can sign up there. Um, we don't have a specific date for tickets going on sale. It should be end of February, early March. Okay. I had a, it took me four months to search for a venue. Um, so that put us behind a little. So we're still finalizing some details, but it's going to be happening November 11th to the 13th in New York City. On the 11th and 12th will be talks, and they will be live streamed. So if people can't make it to the event, they can always watch it free online. And we're also encouraging people to have viewing parties, whether it's two people at a computer or 500 people in a theater. Um, if you go to the website, you can find information about that, and you can register yourself. And everyone who registers We'll get a lot of information, and then they'll, again, become part of the Change Food community. Um, I have people who've been putting Dewey parties on for years, and we, we stay in touch, and I consider some of them friends at this point. So I, I do believe the way we're going to change the food system is through community, and we need to work at a local level, but also this broader level of community is also really important. Yes, agreed. All right, so that's important. Although it's going on in New York City and not everybody may be able to make it there for it, it will be live streamed. So if you just want to watch it yourself, that's an option. Or even better, get together with a group and have a viewing party. Uh, I know that I've watched it for the past at least one, if not two years, and the talks really are amazing. I've learned so much, a lot of cutting edge work being done around food so you won't regret it so thank you diane for that intro and let's get ready now for our first break but i'd like to give a shout out first for our sponsors to today's show one thing we like to emphasize here is the importance of not only what you put into your body like the food we're discussing today but also what you put onto your body 
because anything you put onto your skin is absorbed and becomes part of you. Many people read the ingredients in their food, and we should do the same for our body care products. If there are ingredients there that are 10 syllables long that you can't pronounce that you don't know about, probably shouldn't be putting on you. I've recently discovered and love body care products by Bella Organics. They have an amazing deodorant and so many other body care and baby care products also. Check them out at lovebellaorganics.com. And also on Gen R Radio, we believe that food is the foundation of true health, like we're talking about today. And you can learn to cook to heal with Monica Corrado, teaching chef and holistic nutritionist, Monica is offering a four-day Learn to Cook for Well-Being intensive in northern Colorado and around the country in 2016. For more information, go to simplybeingwell.com. Now it's time for us to take a short break. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm here with Diane Hatz, founder and executive director of Change Food, a nonprofit that's leading the charge to fix our broken food system to address some of the issues that Diane mentioned just a few minutes ago. And up next, we're going to take a deeper dive into the Change Food Fest, really talk about what's going to be going on there. So stay close, and we'll see you in a jiffy. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. It's here, announcing the launch of a new health and wellness community called whole-treatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. Welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm here with Diane Hatz, founder and executive director for nonprofit Change Food that is working on behalf of all of us, us to fix issues with our food supply. And in the previous segment, we started talking about their signature event for this year, the Change Food Fest, which is going to be a three-day event in New York City in November of this year. And now, Diane, could you give us a little more detail about that? Who is that? Who's sure. going to be involved in that? And what type of topics are going to be covered? 
So the focus is on real change happening in the food system and also possibly visionary change because I want to get artists involved. But on Friday, the first day, there will be a focus on the billions of dollars in investment funds that have come into the food space and then all the food startups that are launching. Friday night, we're hoping to launch an art exhibition around food and farming. Um, I'm also speaking with someone about a play that's been written that, that covers issues uh, around farming that we want to try to put on also. And then Saturdays, we'll focus on real change happening in the food system. So the focus on that day will be on people and projects that are creating real change with food. Um, and that evening, we'll have dinners around the city. And then Sunday, we'll all be at different venues. There'll be tours, adventures, and experiences related to food and farming. I'm looking at things like an upstate farm tour, a bread baking class, brunches, and many, many, many different things. Um, we're still finalizing that. We also just launched the Change Food Idea Accelerator Program. So for the 2016 event, the recipient was chosen, and it's Steve Ritz in the Green Bronx Machine. He's a teacher of the South Bronx who does amazing work. Um, he's developed a mobile classroom kitchen that can teach children core curricula through food and cooking. He also grows food in the classroom. So over the course of the year, we'll be taking nominations for, for 2017 recipient of the Idea Accelerator Program. And what Change Food will do with the people and groups in, the, in this program will be to help market their projects. What I have found over the years is there are a lot of people doing great work but they don't really know how to connect with the right people or get word out about their products. So I will be helping with that. I'm also speaking with a food accelerator in Silicon Valley who is very interested in having the recipient become part of their accelerator program. Oh, nice. Um, when it launches, yeah, which is fantastic because they can give resources that change food just wouldn't be able to. Um, there, are, there are a lot of groups and nonprofits that will be involved. It's a little early to give details, but, yes. you know, I know that, you know, the food tag people, I'm going to get them involved. I'm speaking with people like Food Corps, Chefs Collaborative, um, Jamie Oliver's group. They might not be involved directly, but they're supporting. I mean, there's, there's just so many different groups as to particular speakers, I don't have any yet. Uh, we will be opening up applications for speakers within ah. the month. Again, if anybody wants to speak at the event, they should go to changefood.org and get on our newsletter list. That's where all the information will be going out. But we like to get a broad pool of people from around the world to try to choose the best people to put on stage. Yes, that's right. Okay, that sounds really good. And also on your website, like you mentioned, um, on Friday, you're going to be focusing on startups uh, exploding in the food space. And your organization, Change Food, and like you mentioned, Food Tank, are nonprofits doing amazing work providing awareness and fixing our food supply. But there are some for-profit activity as well. What kinds of startups are you, are you seeing getting started in this space? Everything you can think of. So yeah. I'm going to give you a couple examples. Um, there's a company called Wakati, and they've created a system where food on a small farm anywhere in the world will last much, much longer. So this is going to help immensely with food waste. It's going to help farmers, you know, earn a better income. And all it involves is some plastic and a bowl of water. 
it's insane what they've done. Um, there's another company called True Made Foods, and they make sauces like ketchup, but they use vegetables like spinach, carrots, and butternut squash. And I've actually tasted their ketchup, and it's phenomenal. That sounds another good. Another company is called Cook Mood, and I have to be transparent. I'm an advisor for them. So, of course, I love them. But <laughs> what they are, they're, they're an online cooking school where anyone, anywhere can hold cooking classes, and then you can earn income from it. So what I love about this is you can have traditional chefs, and that's part of it. I think this is great for people who are coming out of colleges and programs to learn to be a chef. But what I really love is finding that Italian grandmother who lives in Italy who can make pasta by hand and get her online to teach people around the world how to make food that people are losing the recipes for. You know, the traditions are being lost, and a lot of older people don't write their recipes down. So I I see this as being like a way to pass on an oral history of food. So yeah, Cook Mood is amazing. Um, Another one, there's, I think it's called Five Hour Energy, but there's a little shots. They sell them in delis and stores everywhere that, that are like caffeine and they keep you awake. Well, there's a company called True Energy, and they're making these energy shots, but they're made out of green tea, vitamins, and electrolytes. Like, it's, it's healthy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there are tons of apps to find good food, apps to get good food delivered, apps to find independent coffee shops. It's really unbelievable what's happening in this space. Yeah, it's really good to see that startups are going there and investment money is going there too. Yeah, Yeah, so that's awesome. And I just want to focus on some things that you brought up with these companies. Uh, One small thing, ketchup. That seems like such a minor thing. But if you really look at the ingredients in standard ketchup, ah, (laughs) high fructose corn syrup, I mean, which is genetically modified and really not good for you. So Somebody who is addressing something like that could have a huge impact because that's such a popular condiment and it's gotten so junky. So why not make it out of something that's great? That's wonderful. And also food waste. That is huge, like like we were talking about before. Can you give us an idea of the magnitude of this issue, food waste and food loss? I Food waste, I think it's about 40%. 40%. Some places in the world it's... 50% of food yeah. is wasted. Um, there's food that gets wasted. Like in America, most food that's wasted is food that we have at home. In more developing countries, it's food on the farm. There's not enough time to get the food to the market and get it sold before it rots. So, so there's, there's varying issues about it, but it is such a massive problem. We spoke earlier about hunger in this country and around the world. An easy, simple way to address the hunger issue is just to deal with food waste. I mean, there'll be that much more food. You know, imperfect vegetables, food in the wine has had a love your ugly vegetables campaign they've had for a few months now. You know, it's, it's stores won't buy a cucumber that's more than, that's bent more than 10%. So it's, it's it's a lot of these rules and, and things that have created unnecessary waste are now being addressed and changed. And there are people who are looking at it as a business, which, which is really fantastic. Yes, that's right. Yes, and my understanding is that so much food is grown, and like you said, cosmetically, it's not perfect enough, so it's yeah. just thrown away. 
oh my gosh, what a tragedy that is. Um, I know I follow something on Twitter at ugly fruits and vegetables or something like that. And they always post these pictures of like tomatoes that look like, you know, various animals or carrots that look like they're running. (laughs) It's like, it's, it's it's very funny. And And that food is just as nutritious, even if it's a carrot that looks like, uh, you know, a bunny rabbit, it doesn't matter. So, yes, we should all be more open to not looking for only cosmetically perfect food. And the other thing that you brought up with the companies is just traditions, traditional food preparation. Um, I know that's something that Michael Pollan talks about in a lot of his books in that in America, it seems like what we've done uh, is we've left a lot of those traditions behind and instead let food scientists tell us what we should eat instead of our ancestors who for millennia survived on their traditional foods. I know my background is Italian. And so I grew up eating a lot of cook from scratch Mediterranean type foods. That's all I knew. I was very lucky. But a lot of folks, uh, they, they jumped onto the processed food bandwagon. And because it's convenient, uh, because it's easy, but like you say, we cannot let those traditions die. Yeah. Yeah, super important. Okay. Well, thank you for talking about all that, the startup activity that's going on in the food space. Uh, We should all be looking out for such companies and supporting them. So let's get ready now for our next break. Before we go, I'd like to make a quick mention of the Art of Living Foundation, a nonprofit education and humanitarian organization that's announced that they're going to host the World Culture Festival in New Delhi in March of this year. And Sri Sri Ravi Shankar, international spiritual leader, world-renowned philanthropist and founder of the Art of, Living Organiz- Art of Living Foundation, will gather dignitaries from the U.S. and across the globe, in addition to millions of other people, to facilitate intercultural dialogue on achieving world peace, a very important thing. And for more information, visit artofliving.org backslash WCF. So now I'd like to also shout out to our other sponsors, we love BellaOrganics.com, their organic body care, baby care, and face care products. And also, one thing we talk a lot about on the show is gut health. Uh, that's very much related to your lifestyle and the food you eat. And many people wind up with something called leaky gut. So if you want to learn about how to heal it and seal it, buy Monica Corrado's book, Meat Stock and Bone Broth, Cooking Techniques for the Gut and Psychology Syndrome Diet. She's a certified GAPS practitioner and teaching chef. And you can contact Monica at simplybeingwell.com and purchase her book at seleneriverpress.com. That's S-E-L-E-N-E, riverpress.com. So thank you all, everyone, for joining us again. It's time for our next break. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm here with Diane Hatz, founder and executive director for Change Food, a nonprofit which is leading the charge to fix our broken food system. Now, stay tuned, because on the other side of this break, we're going to see what Diane thinks are our big wins as far as the food movement goes for 2015, good stuff happened there, and issues that we still need to watch in 2016, because still many issues remain. So see you in a few with more great stuff with our special guests. Your life. 
life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you again for joining us. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm here today with Diane Hatz, founder and executive director for Change Food, a nonprofit which is working hard to fix the issues with our broken food system. And Diane, it's been pretty much one year since we spoke last. We discussed... Uh, the upcoming TEDx Manhattan and other issues in January of last year. So let's talk about what transpired in 2015. What wins do you think the food movement can chalk up last year? To me, I feel like the biggest win is that big business finally gets it. They mm. that people's attitudes towards food have shifted. And that quality food is what people want. They're saying it's just the millennials, which is fine because millennials have such purchasing power. But I believe it goes across the board of of all demographics. So what that's done is that's led to big changes at larger companies. Um, For example, Panera Bread announced that it's going to remove all artificial flavors, colors, sweeteners, and preservatives from its menu by the end of 2016. And it's going to continue to focus on serving fresh, organic, and natural ingredients. Nestle removed artificial flavoring from its 250 chocolate products. Kraft has pledged to stop using yellow dye in its mac and cheeses. So it's a great start. It's not the end. It's a great start. But I think the fact that this is happening shows us that all of us who've worked so hard for so many years to educate consumers about the problem... We, we are getting through, and companies are starting to see it affect the bottom line, and that's the only reason I believe they're changing. Um, another thing is antibiotic overuse. So companies like McDonald's, Subway, Wendy's, Papa John's, I mean, they've all agreed to buy meat without, that has been raised without antibiotics. 
antibiotic resistance, antibiotic overuse is a very big problem. So this is another huge win. Um, I think Danny Meyer and Union Square Hospitality Group, um, I was told that Amanda Cohen from Dirt Candy actually was the first person to do this, but they have stopped tipping at restaurants. So your tip is included in the price of the food. So you just pay for what you see on the menu and then you walk out the door. This sounds simple. It's extremely complicated. And what this is going to do is this is going to help with restaurant workers and restaurant workers' rights and their pay will increase and they will get health insurance. It's going to have a huge impact. And I think that it's something to really watch because I just walk out my front door. I live in New York City, so I live in the city, and I walk out my front door, and this really nice restaurant next to me has a sign out the door that says, tipping is so 2015. Oh, that's nice. But I do think there's a trend toward that. Um, I think the other thing that's a really big win is that Vermont passed the right-to-know legislation to, to label products with genetically modified organisms in them. So there's a lot of great, great stuff. And I think the final thing I'd say for me, I think it's fantastic that the general public is finally starting to hear about the problems with processed sugar and how things like sugar can be addictive and how we're not, I don't want to say, basically we're not at fault. We didn't know. I mean, I've read cheese is addictive. You know, people who are trying to watch what they eat, who are trying to lose weight, who are struggling and have problems, I think they should... This should, this should help them feel a bit better because it's not, they're not doing anything wrong. We have a huge problem. You know, we really have to look at the sugar issue, and I think that's going to make huge inroads to people's health. Yes. Oh, I couldn't agree more with those things. Those were great things that happened last year, especially seeing the market shift more towards healthy, organic, uh, free-from foods And you can see that the companies who are listening and jumping on the bandwagon are being embraced, but those that are digging in and want to fight it, they're suffering. (laughs) And and they're going to continue to suffer because this, this is a wave which isn't going to recede. And my personal opinion is that I think that we're just the problems with the processed food are such now that we have to do something. Um, perhaps when processed food started penetrating the food supply, it seemed great. It was easy, convenient, cheap. Hey, you know, let's just prepare something in a box for five minutes. How wonderful is that? But now we're seeing the problems with chronic diseases, cancer, obesity. So clearly this isn't working. So, uh, yes, it is really great to see. Now, what happened last year that's of greatest concern to you? What popped up that's not so great? So there are several things. For me personally, there was an article in the New York Times, I think in November, about Unilever and how Unilever is going sustainable and they're so dedicated to sustainability. And then when you read through the article, they don't even have a definition of sustainability. And you don't have to follow any of their guidelines to call yourself sustainable and to be part of their sustainable program. So what concerns me the most is that Yes, this shift is happening, and yes, it's good, but if consumers and advocates don't stay on top of all these companies, I think there's going to end up being a lot of greenwashing, and we're not going to get the food and the food system that we all want, that 
companies are just motivated by profit. I mean, I, I would like to think it's more than that, but once you have a large company that has shareholders, shareholders want to return on their investment. So I'm concerned that these changes are being done because of market forces, not because people really care. I hope I'm proven wrong, mm. but I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't know. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's probably my biggest concern is just where, where all this is going. Mm. Yeah, I think the term you said greenwashing, that's a really important one. So we have to be pretty vigilant about what companies are saying that they're doing and make sure that it's not just marketing hype, uh, right. that it really is deeper than that. So that's a really good point. I, I hadn't really thought right. of that. Well, and, and an example is, you know, so all these companies are going cage-free with their, with their eggs. Fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. But chickens can still be raised, hens can still be raised in barns and be crammed together in inhumane conditions and be called cage-free. So people need to start pushing for pasture raised, but the animals should be able to go outdoors, to peck in the grass, to do what they do naturally. So it's, it's a step, but it is not where we want to be ultimately. And that is what we have to keep on pushing for. Like, this doesn't mean we've won. This means we should take this as ammunition to push harder for, like, the real change that we want to see. Yes. Okay. All right. So greenwashing is a really important thing to keep our eye on this year. What are some other things that you think we really need to keep our eye on in 2016? What's happening that we need to be vigilant about? I still think, and I've said this for years now, I still think the biggest challenge is consumer confusion, especially with what we just talked about, about what yeah. these companies are doing. You know, there, yeah. there's no definition for sustainability, yet people look for sustainable products. The, the label all natural means absolutely nothing. Oh, absolutely nothing. Just, yeah, and I just read a report where millennials actually look for the term natural on packaging when they buy food. So... That is just a big concern for me. Um, I think things to watch that aren't aren't bad, it's just interesting to see where they go, is the explosion of food startups and the billions of dollars in investment money coming in. I mean, I, I and Change Food, I'm very, very, very passionate about getting to these startups now when they're just starting out. Um, I'm working with some other people to develop an educational kit for any startup anywhere so that we can educate them from the ground up about problems with food, things that can be done, things that have to be done, so that be, they, can, they can grow with this attitude, they can grow with the right information and not become a general mills that's saying have to change things. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Now, let's talk about a pretty popular company that's at the forefront of healthy food, healthy, fast, casual, and that's Chipotle. And they've been in a lot of press lately for various issues. Uh, what do you think is going on with them? With regard, Chipotle has had a problem um, with foodborne illnesses. I, I have to be honest, I don't know. I don't know if they even know what the problem is. So I don't think it's come out yet, really exactly comment. what the cause is. Yeah. I'm sorry? I don't think it's come out yet exactly what the root cause of all that was. It's still a mystery. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I don't know what's happening with that. Now, they also had a campaign, um, was it GMO move over, we're over GMO or something like that. So 
So they, they claimed that they did not sell any products that had genetically engineered ingredients in them. There was a lawsuit filed against them. The lawsuit claimed that the feed fed the animals whose meat and dairy was sold in the stores was fed feed from genetically modified organisms. I have met the founder of Chipotle. He is a very ethical guy. He really is trying to do the right thing. I do not believe this was a greenwashing or scam. I think it's, it's a lack of education, which again gets back to consumer confusion. I mean, the people that work in these companies are people like us. Well, not even people like us. I mean, they're not as educated as we are. So I think the marketing department didn't even think that far about feed being fed to animals. So I think it was just a miscommunication. Uh-huh. I think they've learned. And I think that, you know, it's unfortunate because I know Chipotle is trying to do the right thing as yeah. much as you can, being as large as they are, you know, in the environment they're in. And being sued, it made a point, but I just have a, I, I just worry that activists sue companies that are trying to do good. So I hope it brings the issue to the forefront about genetic engineering. I just don't know if attacking Chipotle, they could have met with them. You know what I mean? There are things that could yes. have been done outside a lawsuit. So yes. I think Chipotle, their heart is in the right place. This is just human error. Yes. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Chipotle myself. We eat there all the time. Big fan of their food and what they're trying to do in terms of offering quality food that tastes delicious and is pretty healthy. So before we get ready for a break, we have a couple minutes. We've been talking about stuff that's going on in the startup space, what entrepreneurs are doing. What can busy working families do to try to feel like they're having an impact on improving our food system? What's your advice there? Well, if you don't have a lot of time to read stuff and to get actively involved, and I totally understand that, though I would highly encourage everyone to at least get the Change Food newsletter. Um, But if you don't have a lot of time, the simplest thing you can do is to buy as much whole food as you possibly can. Shop around the perimeter of the store. That's usually where the whole foods are. You know, and I know that, that a lot of people say, well, we're busy, we work, we don't have time to cook. Buy a crock pot. I mean, they're amazing, they're amazing machines, and you can cook your meal while you're at work. So there are things that you can do. I mean, and if you're buying packaged food, read the ingredients. Yeah. If there are words you don't know, if there are quote-unquote natural flavors, or strange ingredients, don't buy them. You're reading labels. If you just did that, if you just picked up the box of the can before you put it in your cart and looked at the label, I think that would be a, a great education for people. Yes, that's right. And, and yep. I think that people should remember that what you buy has a huge impact. You know, why else is Campbell selling organic soup? They're not selling organic soup because they want to sell organic soup. They're selling organic soup because the market is demanding they sell organic soup. So every time a person buys a whole food, a fresh food, the right kind of food, they're telling big business that that's what they want. And that's how we're going to change things. 
Boom. I couldn't agree more with that. Yes, we have so much power when it comes to our body, our buying choices. Okay, well, thank you for that wonderful advice, Diane. And now it's time for our final break. And before we go, I'd like to give one final shout out to our fabulous sponsors. Speaking of body care products that are good for the body, visit lovebellaorganics.com to shop for their line of face care, body care, and baby products. And also, speaking of food that's good for the body, if you want to learn to cook to heal, then teaching chef and holistic nutritionist Monica Corrado has the program for you. You can learn more at simplybeingwell.com. And thank you for joining us, everyone. It's time for our final break. I'm here with Diane Hatz, founder and executive director for Change Food. And on the other side of this break, we're going to wrap up and talk about hmm, if you want to become a little more of a food activist, how to get started. Thanks again, everyone. See you on the flip side with more Awesome Sauce. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. It's here. Announcing the launch of a new health and wellness community called whole-treatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks again for joining us today. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm here with Diane Hatz, founder and executive director of of Change Food, a nonprofit which is leading the charge to fix our broken food system. And we talked previously about Change Food's signature event for this year, the three-day Change Food Fest, which will occur in November. But this is just one of many things that Change Food does to spread awareness. Diane, your website contains many other resources, such as the Change Food Video Library. Can you tell us what's available there and what's the best way to use it? Sure. So with the Change Food Fest, the Fest information is on the website at changefood.org. So firstly, if you want to know anything about the event in November, go there. Um, we, have, we don't have all the information up yet, but as we know what's happening, it will be posted there first. And then people who get our newsletter will be the first to hear publicly about what we're doing. The other thing, the other probably the second most important thing we have is the Change Food Video Library. I've been working over the past six months or so, and I've started to collect the best short-length professional talks on food and farming. So these include the TEDx Manhattan Talks. Um, They include talks from Change Food Salons, but they also include other TEDx's and other conferences that do really well-filmed talks. And the reason this started is 
I started to notice that other TEDxes would have one or two speakers who would speak about food, but they would never promote it. So basically, I'm just aggregating the best talks that I can find. So anybody can go onto the site at any time. They can watch the best talks. What we really are hoping is to get people excited about what's happening in there and then to put on their own events. So people have started to do like lunchtime video talks. They'll show one video from the library, have their lunch in their office, bring some people in, and then just have a discussion around the issues. We have educational kits that are part of Select Talks. With the educational kits, we provide more information, so links to campaigns, links to articles, links to more information, discussion questions. So if you have a gathering, you can have questions right there that you can start conversation with. And that's the ed kits are all tied in with the video library. The other thing we do is we have the Guide to Good Food blog. So on that, as I mentioned earlier, everyone who becomes part of Change Food, who's spoken at TEDx Manhattan, they're part of the Change Food community. So we do posts and we keep people updated on all the work that's happening with former speakers, as well as important stuff happening in the movement. And we're also very active on social media, so I really encourage people to go to the website to just follow us. All our social media handles and links are on there. Yes, agreed. Follow Change Foods social media. A lot of good posts there. So with the video library, what kind of topics do you cover there? What types of food talks are you looking for? I'm looking for anything that educates people about a problem or shows people a solution that can be replicated. So, for example, we have talks about food waste. We have talks about crickets. Are crickets a good protein source and should we be eating them? Um, food policy, Tom Colicchio spoke at one of our events, and he his talk is about... Um, his new network and what they're doing is they're looking at people in government and their voting records and people that are not voting for good food, they're creating campaigns to get them voted out of office. So I'm looking I like for that. anything. Yeah, they're doing amazing work. It's food policy action. They're doing amazing work. So what we do at Change Food is we look to give a bigger platform to people and issues in the food movement. So I'm looking for really things that need to be gotten out to the public more. Okay. So I would think that if someone really wanted to begin educating themselves about what's going on with the food supply, perhaps becoming more of an activist, that your Change Food Video Library would be a good place to start just because there seems to be a wealth of information there. Yeah. And do you have any other advice for folks who maybe want to become a little more active in this movement? Well, I would say to people, if, if you want to become active, you're like, you know what, I've, I've done the reading or I know how to find the book, but I want to get involved. Get involved with your local community. So if you don't know where to go, find out if you have a farmer's market. Find out if there's a health food store in your area, a co-op in your area, and just go and talk to the people that run them. They will know what's happening. I guarantee you there will be parents who've gotten together to build school gardens. There will be people working, you know, with farmers in the local area. There is stuff happening everywhere in this country. You just have to ask a couple people and you'll get connected in. And I really think that's the best way to, yes. to find out how to get involved. Like, don't just read books. Get involved. 
And then that will build on itself, and then you'll really get a feel for problems and solutions with the food system. Yes, very well put. And I think that the only way this is going to be fixed is from the grassroots level. So even though you may think you're only one person or one family, how much of a difference can I make? Well, actually, you can make a huge difference by the daily buying choices that you make. And even if you go out, for example, and become more active with your farmer's market or your food co-op, these things, they will have an effect as more and more of us do it. Because like Diane said, that's the only reason these companies are changing their ways, because we're demanding it. Um, although Tom right. Colicchio is, or, yep, go ahead, Diane. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and the other thing is, if you go to, like, your local health food store or co-op, it's not just about getting involved with them. Ask the people there if there are any groups working on food issues. You might want to start a food policy council, or you might want to, you know, work on school food. These people will know who in the community is already working on this type of stuff and will know how to connect you in. So don't feel like you have to go to the farmer's market and work at the farmer's market. Right. But people at the farmer's market will know your neighbors who are working in the food movement already. Right. Right. Yes. Farmer's markets, though, are a great way to know where your food is coming from. Love, Mm -hmm. love farmer's markets for that, for that reason. Okay. Well, Diane, we're just about ready to wrap up here. Do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share? Maybe any reminders about where to go to learn about Change Food? Well, I would love to encourage everyone to join us for the Change Food Fest in in November. So if you go to changefood.org, look at our viewing party page. If If you want to go beyond just watching it yourself, please sign up, host a viewing party, become part of our community. We welcome everyone. I want as many opinions from as many parts of the world as possible. I mean, that is how we're going to really be effective with what we do. Um, Tell your friends and family, you know, and, and, and if you put on an event, you can even bring in local speakers during the breaks. So you can not just sit around and watch us. You can get actively involved in your local community. So I think that would be the best thing to do. Wonderful. Well, thank you for your time today, and thank you for all that you do on behalf of all of us with Change Food. Uh, Really appreciative of all your efforts. You're doing fantastic work. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much, Sandra. And thank you, everyone, for joining us today. And we'll see you next week, same time, same place. And our topic for the fourth Tuesday of the month is... As I mentioned, anything goes. So we're going to feature a holistic veterinarian, Dr. Dennis Thomas, who wrote an extraordinary book called Whole Pet Healing that was published last year by Hay House. I read that book shortly after we lost our beloved dog last year, and boy, did it help me understand our relationship better and move beyond the grief. So if you want to have a deeper understanding of the relationship that you have with your pets, because it is actually pretty deep, as he describes. And if you're an animal lover like I am, you'll want to catch this episode. It'll be really good. Thank you again, everyone, for joining us. Namaste. Thank you for tuning in to Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. Please join us again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. In the coming week, think of the changes that you could make to regenerate your body, mind, and spirit. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.